0: This is an Encore presentation of Grow Lincoln. We're building this city one day at a time. Welcome to Grow Lincoln, the program with Lincoln's future in mind. Your hosts are former Lincoln City Councilwoman Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, two experts in the field of commercial real estate and business development. Now, it's time to Grow Lincoln on the Voice of Lincoln, ninety nine three KLIN.
1: Have you tried doing your own podcast? Is it too time-consuming? Partner with us at Grow Lincoln and we'll help you out. Between our two shows, we have a built-in audience of thousands of people and can push those podcasts out for you. Message us on Facebook or Twitter for more information. This segment is possible today because of the Nebraska
2: Green Sorghum Board and Nebraska Prep Equipment.
1: You just heard a different voice. That was not Dave Alper's voice. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) We have Rachel Barth from the airport, and she is in covering for Mr. Dave, who um, was busy this week with continuing education and could not make it in. So thanks a lot for doing this. Yes, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We are going to have fun. Coming up on this show, surprises when you buy an older home. Um, John Henry's Plumbing has some advice. Young professionals in the 2020s, we're going to have Michael Hannon of Baylor Law Firm come in. And we're going to have Rachel talk about it, too, because she's also a young professional here.
2: Yes still young
1: yeah <laughs> ribbon cuttings for new businesses with a chamber from Luke Pelts and a business outlook for 2023 um so a lot of good stuff in store for you but first let's let's start with our first um show topic Rachel we're going to talk about surprises when you buy an older home yeah so we have Adam here from John Henry's Heating Plumbing and Air we do Hello. Hi there, Adam. How you doing? Pretty good. Well, Adam, I want to set up a scenario for you. Let's say you just bought your first older home. Maybe you bought this for the first time with, with a plan to restore it and flip it. Or maybe it's your very first home and mm-hmm. you had a, you had a bidding war and that was the way you got it. Sure. You felt lucky to get it. And so let's say you've had this funny problem lately with your pipes, your water pipes. And today, all of a sudden, you get some bad news. There's some tree roots. Um, so I want you to share information about that and how that can work. I mean, sometimes when it's tree roots, it's a big old tree that the city planted out by the street, right? Yes. Yeah. Well tell, so what is the homeowner's responsibility here?
3: So essentially when you buy your home, uh, the homeowner is actually responsible (laughs) from your connection to the city main all the way to your house. So whether the tree was in the easement area or in your yard, you are responsible for that pipe. Itself.
1: So just because the city planted that tree and they maintain it doesn't mean they maintain the roots <laughs> of that tree exactly okay so what can happen here like well how would you how would you know about whether it's a city main and it's the city problem and who should pay for it
3: If it was the city main uh, multiple houses would be backed up, not just your house okay uh, that's a really good indication <laughs> so uh, if your neighbors is... <laughs> running around with buckets <laughs> yeah you see them bailing out water in their front yard because of their house and the house down the street then yeah it's probably a city main issue uh, but very seldom does that happen um, it's usually just uh, isolated to your main itself
1: and you guys have cameras and everything so you can yes. determine if this is the case or not
3: yeah once we uh, clear the, the clog whether we cable it or we use a new technology and, and hydro jetting it Uh, once we get that open we'll put our camera down it uh, to make sure that we get the clog completely out of there and also to look to see if your pipe is broken or collapsed or maybe it's got a little dip in it because the the tree roots have been pushing down on it Mm
2: -hmm. so that seems like it might be kind of expensive a cost a homeowner doesn't expect so what should a homeowner do Uh,
3: when you call john henry's uh, you'll talk to our dispatch people they'll set up a time for us to come out Uh, one of our technicians will meet you And when we do, we'll ask you some basic questions, how long, like how long you lived in the house, um, when did you notice this problem, how long it's been going on. And at that time, we'll kind of give you an upfront price on what it's going to cost. We try not to say anything over the phone with you guys just because we don't know until we get there what we're dealing with. And so once we get there, um, we'll we'll try to do the best we can to keep the cost down, but um, we'll give you a price then, and at that time, if you agree to it, uh, you sign off on it. Um, and we'll go to work on it. So
1: I've seen people go to the city council after they got the bill and protest this kind of thing. And that just isn't something. Like the city mm-hmm. attorneys will say, you do one, you're going to have to pay for all of them. So don't go there. And yeah. You, yeah. you just don't get any help. So then they have to come up with a financing plan to pay for it. Um, what are some other things about sewer, wastewater, water lines, water pipes, and plumbing that a first-time home homeowner may not know about?
3: You know, the older the home, usually, I mean, it's, it's nice, they're elegant on the outside of it, but um, your your sewer pipes, your water lines, your gas lines, they they are decaying, they're getting older, um, and they're going to need some attention from you. So when you go that route, we can go there and give you estimates on to re- how to replace some of that stuff. Um, and I, I suggest, highly suggest that when you go to buy a home, whether it's a newer home or an older home, that you get an inspection. A lot of people are waving those now. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would not do that.
2: Um, <laughs> Whoa! You hear those? You hear that, realtors? John Henry said you not Sorry, do Sorry,
3: <laughs> but ex- I, I've seen so many issues where people want a house so bad that they skip this, and then mm-hmm. they open up a box of issues that they didn't know were there in a home because you know a new painting coat over a wall or a new floor here mm-hmm. covers up stuff. Um, I've had a lady back in the day when I cabled her drain out. She had just bought the house. She just graduated from college, and I had to give her the news that your sewer is broke. And we have to dig this up. Oh. It, that breaks my heart oh. you know, to see that. A young lady trying to make it in the world, and she's already got Your issues first in the house. job, yes. and you've got this right. huge And expense. you're right. It's, it's not cheap to have some of that stuff done at
2: we've been We've been one of those homeowners where we've called John Henry's at, like, 3 in the morning. Oh, yeah. We're we there. have a uh, sewer back up in our basement. This was a new home. And they came out and took care of it. And I will say that is the great thing about you guys is very timely you have people on call. You middle come of, the out, middle of the night. 24-7, yes. Yes, that 24-7 is a real thing. And when you're in an emergency with a flooded basement and you're not sure what that water is, you just Ugh. want somebody to, to come yeah. fix it. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah That I, I bet there are a lot of stories like that. You know, people that that had to waive the home inspection to get the home. And yep. I'm sure you guys are seeing this. And
3: you know, one of the things that's not included on the home inspection is actually getting your sewer cambered um i would get that done because you, you can prevent some
1: future problems if you'd send a camera down that drain yep. and
3: you know what you're getting into you can go to the previous homeowner then and have a little bargaining chip about who's gonna pay for what, knock yeah. this down, that type of stuff. If you don't do that, then you're gonna be stuck paying for that, and that's just not fun.
1: Yeah, well, thanks so much. Um, you've been listening to The Grow Lincoln Show. This has been Adam with John Henry's Plumbing. Thanks a lot for coming in today. This, These are things that new home buyers need to know. Yeah, what yes. great advice, so yeah. thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Coming up next, young professionals in the 2020s, we'll talk to Michael Hannon from Baylor Law Firm.
0: It's Grow Lincoln. 14993 KLIN
1: The median age in Lincoln, Nebraska is 32.7 years to 31.8 years for males and 33.6 years for females according to the latest census.
2: This segment is possible today because Service Master Professional Building Maintenance and University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Business.
1: Now, I quoted those statistics because we've got a couple of young professionals in the studio today. Um, Rachel Barth is here from the airport. She is covering for Dave Albers. Thanks a lot for helping out. Is this fun today? This is so fun, and I love that I'm still a young professional, so I'm (laughs) taking it. (laughs) Okay, what's a young professional? What is it? What's the definition of young? That's a great question. That's what we were just talking (laughs) about. I
2: don't know. I mean, you're a professional, so you're in a line of work where, you know, I don't even want to say like a respected line of work. You're just in a line of work. But I think young professionals, anywhere from like maybe young 20s to like mid 30s but apparently it could go up to 40 even so maybe so yeah maybe
1: you're young for your industry we'll go with that well we have another one with us here um we have michael hannon from baylor law firm welcome to the show
4: yeah thank you happy to be here
1: what is a young professional do we know
4: I think it's kind of whatever you want it to be. If you feel young at heart. If you feel, young, <laughs> at heart, uh, if you
1: feel <laughs> young at age 45, you can show up yep. Yep. at the networking event.
4: Yep. That would be my definition.
1: <laughs> well, we wanted to talk to you about a young professional starting a new job, um, having a career, especially during COVID, during when things are so different than everything you were told. Um, are you from from Lincoln originally, Michael?
4: Uh, I'm actually from Hastings and, um, you... and then went to the law school here at, here at university. Uh, College of Law, um, and uh, graduated in 2019.
1: Oh, okay. Awesome.
2: So how long have you been then um, at your current job at Baylor Law Firm?
4: Yeah, so I graduated in 19, and then um, I worked there as a clerk or intern uh, during during law school, but then I've been full-time practicing attorney since 2019.
1: So at least you guys started during normal times before COVID. (laughs) I know. I got hired right in the middle of the pandemic at
2: the airport. It was a little rough. So (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I think I had,
4: you know, three or four months before it really started to really Lockdown. So. Yeah.
2: So I have a question for you. Um, this is one that I always find interesting, and when I'm talking to people that want to enter the workforce and interns, you know, where did you learn kind of that professionalism and like how to dress? Is that something you learned in college and through your experience at the law firm, or is it one of those you just showed up one day and kind of looked around and like I'm just going to copy what everybody else does?
4: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good question. I think um, you know, law school or any school really pre- can only prepare you for so much. Um, they're they're there for the substance and and a little bit of professionalism uh, that comes along with it. But I personally learned it from um, the people I work with uh, Mm -hmm. and the other people that I interact with on a daily basis, um, how to act, how to dress, um, what to do. And I think it's something you're always kind of picking up.
2: Yeah. And I think something that's important too, um, which is kind of brings me to my next point, that etiquette with how to you know, present yourself even on social media and in emails and obviously how you dress and how you identify a mentor. So let's talk a little bit about the social media thing because I think it's really hot right now with TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and reminding people what's
1: on there is not private. <laughs> Did they prepare you for that in law school? Or was that, again, something that you had to learn on the job?
4: Yeah, I think it's more just on the job and just kind of using your <laughs> – a common sense on mm-hmm. knowing social media. I mean, uh, younger people know social media, the reach it has and, and thinking about it and who can see this. Um, and I'm, I'm actually taking over some of the hiring for our interns and clerks this year. And, you know, one of the things we look at is social media. Uh, yeah. what, what, um, what have they posted and it's all accessible. Um, and so people need to understand that. I think people do understand that and just, um, but keep, keep remembering that, uh, everything's,
2: Yeah, I think that's a great point. Just because it's you post it once and you think it goes away, it doesn't. And sometimes employers will pay extra on social media accounts to look at past stuff. They will find a reason, whatever, to hire not to hire you. So it's a good that's a really great point.
1: I have a, a daughter who's a young professional and when she was in college, I would try to warn her about that. You know, the old once it's on the internet, it's on the internet for everything. And her response was, everybody's doing it, which was her what her point was, is there's so much volume of past history, I'm just going to be lost in a sea of people who mm-hmm. posted weird things. I mean, what do you think about that?
4: I mean, it's true. There is a lot of stuff out there. But um, depending on the job and what you're looking, you know, somebody probably can find it if they really want to. Um, and so you see it every day. I mean, people, you know, celebrities and, and they thought some of this stuff was never going to be found and it pops up. Um, so uh, of course there is a lot of volume and you know, it just kind of depends on the, the line of work too. I think yeah. particularly how deep people you are going to decide dive.
1: to put your best for- foot forward. You can decide not to. You know? Yeah. And I think, I think too. One thing
2: that is interesting for young professionals and those entering the workforce is you're entering at a kind of a weird time. We just got through, and I don't even know if it's really done, but we're we're kind of still going through that COVID pandemic time where mm-hmm. we had a lot of work from home. Um, I know my intern at the airport actually her entire junior year was online. Um, because they didn't have classes and so um, I remember the first time she showed up to work I was like what are you wearing <laughs> and I was a little bit of a take back for me because I was like this is a professional environment but I forget that like what she was wearing is in her mind was professional you know and so it's interesting cuz our next our next topic is talking about Aspects of coming back into the office, meeting with clients, how to appear in court. I see you're wearing jeans, so <laughs> are you guys a little more lax at Baylor's that kind of dress for your day?
4: So we dress for your day, but we do casual Fridays. We've done that. And I've tried to maintain that um, as when I'm in the office on a Friday, um, particularly because I've been in court most of the week, so I was wearing a suit and tie. And, and uh, that, you know, to your point, COVID has changed that, um, so, whether by Zoom or in court, there's just more of a casual feel to mm-hmm. things, um, and what I do.
1: So even in court, they're dressing a little bit more casually. I, yeah, I mean,
4: I've I've noticed some casual, particularly a little on bit Zoom, more. Zoom. Um there are you know for for males, it's you know lack of ties and things of that nature. Mm. For me, I you know people I've learned from. I every time I appear in front of a judge, I have a suit and tie on. Mm. Um, I Still. just I like the formality of that, the tradition mm. behind it. I think it represents my client, my firm, and me. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of maintain some of that, um, even though a lot of weird stuff's gone on in the last couple of years. It's, mm-hmm. it's something, even while I'm on Zoom, I, it's still court. Yeah.
1: What, what, did, what other advice do you find yourself giving these interns that come to work for you at Baylor that maybe they didn't get that kind of advice in college?
4: Yeah, I think it, it, along those lines... Um, Just making sure you, you you know, for court, it's easy to say, respect the traditions of the court um, and the procedures. But my biggest advice for anybody, honestly, is is find a mentor. Um, Mm -hmm. Which uh, has
1: not been easy the last two years when we're all sitting at home.
4: Yep, definitely. And and I think a mentor can be very broad. I'm lucky. I have great mentors at my firm, uh, people that have been doing it for a long time that I get to see every day. But if you don't have that luxury, look at other people in your profession that you respect and people respect. They don't have to necessarily be your you know, colleague or in your firm or in your office, but do you respect what they do, or how they handle themselves, and watch? That's what That would be my advice.
2: Yeah, that's a great advice. Um, same when I entered the, the airport world, I was told the first thing you need to do is find a mentor. And so hmm. I have found a, a female mentor, which was actually very difficult. Um, not a lot of females in the airport management world, but I was lucky to find one. And then also they said find another – you know, find – two or three. So it's important because you get then different aspects of, you know, different walks of life. And I'm sure that that's like that in law, depending on what, where you want to practice and how you want to practice in certain uh, subject
1: areas. Yeah. You know, I had some women in my career that, that were older and they were more that feminist generation that broke into the mm-hmm. career for the first time. And there was a lot of chip on the shoulder yeah. going on. And I I kind of had to learn the times had changed and I didn't need to be that way, you know, it wasn't hard now. So I didn't need to be quite like they were. Um, so I, I think it's a kinder and gentler time now. And yeah. you know, and then I was lucky enough later to I one of my biggest mentors was not even in my company. It was mm-hmm. it was a lady from the downtown Lincoln Association. Yeah. And she sort of took me under her wing and you are the next generation. The next generation is going to be your responsibility and I'm kinda of here to teach you. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I think as we break out of that young professional age group, it does become our responsibility to teach the next generation.
4: And to my point earlier, too, if you do have somebody in your office that you, you know, your mentor or you, you respect and look up to, um, tying back into the COVID I mean, situation, I worked from home a lot. But as soon as we were able to kind of get back, I wanted to be back because I wasn't learning as much from my
1: from a computer, from yeah. a
4: computer sitting at home. It's easy to you know, I mean, I can call him and ask him a question, but stopping by and asking a question in their office and chatting. I learned more from that than I ever could at home.
1: It's good to be back. Yes, absolutely. It's good to be back. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for coming in. This was a great conversation. Enjoy having you too, Rachel. Um, Coming up next, the government wants you to save money for your future. We'll be right back.
0: This is an encore presentation of Grow Lincoln. Everyone is excited about new business. And our business is to tell you what's new. This is Grow Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Did you know the University of Nebraska-Lincoln has the largest weight room in the United States? It covers three quarters of an acre. Just sharing a little bit of Lincoln trivia with you.
2: This segment is possible today because of Christensen Hearing Analytics, Lincoln Airport Authority, Woohoo!
1: and charter title (laughs) and that little woohoo that you heard was (laughs) Rachel Barth who is with the Lincoln Airport Authority um thanks a lot she is in covering for Dave Albers who is missing in action today
2: (laughs) I think he should be gone more often I'm having so much fun
1: Well... No offense, Dave. I bet Dave wouldn't (laughs) mind if you wanted to substitute more often. I bet he would let you. (laughs) Well, we have... This is our segment with Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concepts. um, And we've called this segment, The Government Wants You to Save Money. Not not the government Mm -hmm. wants to save you money. The government wants you to save money.
5: (laughs) Yes, they do.
1: Um, They don't want to
5: take your money. (laughs) They want you to save it.
1: Some people are at a season of life where they are fortunate enough to be able to save for their future. And- Some of us may not be aware there are maximum limits on how much you can do. Like if you win a lottery, you can't just go put all the lottery money into a 401k or an IRA. So, Roger, tell us about this. Tell us about these limits.
5: You know, you're right. Uh, For some of my clients, uh, limits are certainly important. Uh, They max their contributions out every year. For other parts of my clients, uh, they don't, but they certainly want to know those numbers so that they can work towards that. The Internal Revenue Service had released new limits for 2023, and one of the reasons why they went up this year was because of the high inflations and financial uncertainty. So some of those are cost-of-living-based adjustments, uh, and those have reached uh, record levels because of the inflation.
1: So just to clarify, you're saying that because inflation went up so much, the government is allowing people to set aside more money into the retirement. That is
5: certainly one of the reasons, absolutely. Yep.
2: That's interesting and good to know. I mean, no matter what stage of life you're at, whether you're like me in my 30s still trying to plan for retirement or you're 65 and looking towards that that goal. And especially right now with everybody getting so excited about Powerball being so high. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really timely that you asked those questions
1: about, hey, can if I win the Powerball, can I just throw it all in there? It sounds like you can't. Yeah, it seems right. like every yeah. year the Powerball just gets more and more. So yeah, Roger, share with us what some of those contribution limits yeah, are. Yeah, so we're
5: going to cover a few of those uh, today. First one is individual retirement accounts and Roth IRA uh, accounts. The contribution limits on both of those are going up by $500 in 2023. So if you are under age 50, you can put in $6,500. If you are over age 50, you'll get a $1,000 catch-up. So that brings that total limit to $7,500 for that year.
1: Okay, so contribution Mm catch-up. Catch-up has to do with your age.
5: It is. So uh, let's say you're in your 20s and 30s, and you weren't able to put that full $6,500 in in any particular year. The government allows you to catch that up. make up up for it later. That's right. Okay. Okay. So take advantage of that if you can.
1: Noted. And then Roths,
5: yeah, Roth IRAs. So one of the things with Roth IRAs, a lot of people don't realize there is an income phase out range, and for this particular upcoming year of 2023, that range starts with 138,000 to 153,000 if you're a single filer and heads of household, and that's a nine thousand dollar increase over uh, 2022. Wow. For married couples that are filing jointly, the phase-out ranges from 218000 to 228000 and that's a $14,000 increase. So really, what does that mean? Um, it basically means that if you're making more than $228,000, you're unable to contribute to a Roth IRA in that particular year.
2: So how do you know... Um... You know, if you are married and filing jointly and you're just like, I'm not really sure where we're at. Like, what's Mm -hmm. your what's your advice for like someone like me who's mid 30s, has a great job. Thankfully, husband Mm -hmm. has a great job. We're just not sure. I think we might fall somewhere in this range. What's your advice for us?
5: Yeah, if you're working with a financial professional, reach out to them. They should be able to help you with that information. If you've got a CPA or a tax preparer that you're using, they'll also be able to answer that question for you. And it's always good to visit with them towards the end of the year anyway, just to see where you're at tax wise.
1: Yeah, that's a great advice. And if people get end of the year bonuses or hiring bonuses or something and there's these um four oh one Ks and things like that, are there yeah. any rules that you like can you just throw your whole bonus into that?
5: Well I'd love to sometimes, right? Uh workplace <laughs> retirement accounts, uh Really, those are defined as 401Ks, 403B. Those would be for like teachers and uh, hospitals, 457 plans. Maybe that's a city government, uh, anything that's similar to that. They are seeing a $2,000 increase for 2023. That limit is rising to 22500 If you're over age 50, you can do a, a catch-up provision there as well. That dollar amount is $7,500. So if you're over age 50, you can contribute up to $30,000 uh, per year. So That's a pretty good dollar amount. And then this one affects my company specifically. Uh, I offer a simple IRA account to my employees. Uh, that increase is going up next year in 2023 as well. Uh, that's a $1,500 increase. Uh, so if you're under age 50, you can contribute $15,500. If you're over age 50, you get that $3,500 catch-up, so that brings that total up to $19,000 for the year as well.
2: Does stoplight mean maximum contribution?
5: If it's a red light, yes, absolutely. That means you can't go over that max contribution of 19000 or fifteen five if you're under age 50. So one other change that I thought uh, might be of interest to our listeners is a, it's a contribution. The IRS uh, announced it as well. This is for annual exclusions for gifts. That number is going up to $17,000 per person as well. I do have quite a few clients that are older. Uh, They don't necessarily need the money that they've saved through their lifetime. So they're starting to decide, you know, how do I want to distribute that? Do I want to distribute that to my children, my grandchildren, and so forth? So that will give them a little bit of extra room to make that gift for this, uh, this year in 2023.
2: Um, what kind of gifts are these because I want one? <laughs> Can you just could I be an adopted grandchild?
5: <laughs> Typically, it is a cash uh, cash distribution or a cash gift uh, usually okay. goes into their account of some sort.
1: Well, thanks a lot, Roger, Oh,
5: for you're
1: this. welcome. Roger Frank is a registered representative of and securities offered through Bristol Fish and Company Financial Services, Inc., BFCFS member FINRA, SIPC, and Investment Advisory Services offered through BFC Planning, Inc. Frank Financial Concepts, BFCFS, and BFC Planning, Inc. are independent entities. Coming up next, big projects in, in Lincoln looking back on 2022, looking ahead in 2023. We're going to talk to the Chamber of Commerce. <music>
0: Economic development is not boring. It's our future. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Lancaster County is now the 18th largest resettlement area in the country for Asian immigrants and refugees, according to the latest U.S. Census. The fastest growing group of refugees in Lincoln is the Karen, who come from Thailand or Burma to escape an ethnic or political war. The segment is possible
2: today because of John Henry's Plumbing,
1: Lincoln Chamber of Commerce and baylor Evnon Law Firm. Someone who keeps a very close watch on the growth in Lincoln and how the demographics are changing is Luke Peltz. He's with the um, Economic Development Division down at the Chamber of Commerce, Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development. How are you doing today, Luke?
6: I'm doing good. I'm doing good.
1: Well, I I suppose you've probably noticed some of these changes because it, it makes workforce available to some of our companies in Lincoln.
6: Yeah, from from the resettlement standpoint, you know, we, we um, have a lot of good programming. Um, we actually created a, an internal program called LMC, the Lincoln Manufacturing Class. And what it's doing is taking individuals with zero manufacturing experience and giving them a crash course introduction to manufacturing industry. And um, we're, we're seeing some of our refugees uh, attend the class and, and graduate the class and then fill a position at some of our local companies.
1: Oh, good, good.
2: Luke, so great to see you. I feel like we uh, touch base quite often. Um, Looking back at 2022, what do you think were the most pivotal projects in Lincoln that'll have an impact on Lincoln's economy and business climate?
6: Yeah, you know, as you kind of drive around um, the community, you see some major uh, expansion projects going on. Instinct out on Westo, Duncan Aviation out at the airport. Yep. You know, Commute Air uh, announced last year that they were opening up a shop here at the airport, and I think that also helped get the Houston flight uh, off the ground and and we're we're excited about the Houston flight and now we're excited to see what's next with the airport as well.
2: Absolutely. Yes. We have a lot going on out there. 56 million dollar project ourselves plus our tenants are growing and booming and our industrial park is we have a lot of interest in that space. So yeah, we work with Luke. Quite and a
1: I'm going to ask you about that in our last second. <laughs> we're going to get some of that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, looking forward through 2023, Luke, um, what do you think will be the biggest touchstones and turning points as you view the months ahead?
6: Yeah, you know, as we look at the startup ecosystem in Lincoln, it's been extremely strong. Um, hmm. In in 2022, one of our companies announced uh, a 78 million dollar raise um, that went through one of our program called Launch LNK, which is an early stage uh, grant that we give to five early stage startups uh, every year. Um, So 2023, the first of the year, we'll be kicking off that again. And we're looking to see some have some phenomenal results like we did uh, with our previous cohorts.
2: That's super exciting. So, Luke, where are some of Lincoln's gaps and what do you think we need to do? You know, looking at it differently as far as maximizing our local economy.
6: Uh, You know, as we're out talking to businesses, the the first and foremost that comes up uh, is workforce, um, Mm -hmm. lack of workforce, um, both entry level all the way up to mid-level managers to to even C-level uh, executive. So workforce is, is big. We're trying to do what we can at the Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development to help that. Um the other kind of major gaps are uh housing, um affordable housing and then also kind of your mid-level housing. Um lack of inventory on the housing side. You know, with the interest rates kind of perking up like they are right now, we might see a little change in that uh a kind of uh the inventory that's on on available. Um child care is another major gap. Oh, yeah. Uh last done that. Uh, yep. Yep. I so. can't
1: find buildings for clients that want to open a daycare and it's extremely expensive to build and they can't find staff.
6: Yep. And that's so, that was yeah. I, I was gonna mention, you know, when we do get a building or get find a facility that can be used, we can't get staff. Right. Um, it's a huge, huge problem.
1: Right. Um, in your opinion, will the labor force participation rate in Lincoln change? You know, we had so many people retire or just drop out during COVID. Do you see in the next few months, any of that coming back?
6: Um, you know, actually where we're at now is we're above um, our participation rate pre-pandemic. Um, so we have more people in Lincoln the workforce. Is? Yes. Um, that's I great. I was very very uh, interested to see that um, our unemployment rate is lower than it was pre-pandemic. That being said, we have 16,000 job openings uh, according to AnyWorks website. 3,000, just over 3,000 people on unemployment right now. <sighs> so that's how do
1: you ever close that
2: gap? All of us have to work four jobs. We all that's need the only to- answer.
1: <laughs> do roll up your sleeves. Do <laughs> it for America. Take on a second job. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so are you? So are corporations in Lincoln reducing their space due to hybrid work, or do they seem to be keeping the same amount of space since employees are coming in some of the time?
6: We're, we're seeing both ends of it. Um, we're actually also seeing um, companies maybe expand a little bit to and give more room for, you know, we're not sitting on top of each other type of deal in the, in the workplace. Because
1: we were sitting too close before all this happened.
6: Yeah, of yeah. sorts. Um, so we're, we're I'm hearing that, but then I'm also hearing they're keeping the same footprint. Um, people are coming in two, three days a week, uh, yeah. that type of deal, you know, and, and Lincoln has an, an incredible asset, um, with one gig fiber to the home. You know, it's, it's an amazing asset so people can work remotely and we're seeing a lot of that as well.
2: And I think with the discussion with the whole issue of daycare, coming back to work, working hybrid, back and forth, a lot of families are having to adapt to that. So being able to work hybrid or come in a few days a week does maybe lessen the burden on some of the daycares because parents could keep their kids home a few of the days if they do decide to work from home. So it's it's a really interesting dynamic right now. Yes, and, but,
1: and your point is well made about the fantastic in- infrastructure that we have. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing, you know, the speed that I can I can work out of my own house that Mm -hmm. I can do things that's a good point yeah well thanks a lot you've been listening to Luke Peltz from the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce this is Robin Eshelman and guest host Rachel (laughs) Barth for Dave Albers covering for us today Um, we appreciate you listening to our show and we want you to come back and we're gonna talk with Rachel a little bit more about some of the growth in West Lincoln and up by the airport some really big things have been happening in recent months and will continue to happen next year
0: this is an encore presentation of Grow Lincoln. This
1: city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love it. I was born and raised I got it naked, and if I have my way, I'm gonna stay.
0: It will be it's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3, yeah. KLIN.
1: Get hooked on us at Grow Lincoln. That is get hooked with your earbuds. Our podcast is on the KLIN website, and we're here to make business relevant and even fun for you to learn about.
2: This segment is possible today because of Realtors
1: Association of Lincoln, Sarder Heyman Jewelers, and Lincoln Electric System. I'm having a lot of fun with my guest co-host today, Rachel Barth from the Lincoln Airport Authority. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. We're having, a, having a couple of girls here who are hosting this show, and this has been fun. Girl power. Let's get it, Robin. <laughs> um, let's, let's run out some news out in your part of town, and I, some of these I know about, and if you know more than I do, feel free to to jump in, because I know you're driving out there every day, but yep. I have been amazed in recent months and looking forward through um, 2023, what is and will be happening on West O Street. One um, what, what announcement, Watchell Vet Clinic, they are building a building near the grocery center at West O and Southwest 14th.
2: Yeah, that's great for pet owners out that way. Brand new clinic. Yes, that's super exciting. Instinct Project, a new pet food building west of the Correctional Center is going up. $180 million project. Lots of new buildings on Westo. You're right. I drive past that every day, and it's just amazing how large that building is. That's a
1: huge project. It's been taking a long time to build, and we've known about it for a long time. But, I Mm -hmm. mean, that... That's that's one of these local stories that started out small and they started selling their pet product all over the world. And I mean, it's just an amazing story. Yeah, absolutely. And that's bringing jobs
2: and a lot of economic value to that part of town. So super exciting for Instinct Project.
1: I went to a developer presentation a while back about some of the things happening south of the new high school. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just kind of empty farmland. You know, you you turn on um, Northwest 48th Street, you know, you're getting off of O Street or off the interstate or whatever. It's just empty farmland. I mean, they've got a whole development plan there. Yeah, so I drive that every day. So right now,
2: because of the airport being under construction, we actually moved all of our administrative team to the west side of the airport. So we're actually kind of snuggled in between the Airpark Rec Center and the Arnold Elementary, or sorry, the Arnold uh, Pool. So we're in this like little makeshift building out there, but we drive, I drive this route every day. And that one, that high school is gorgeous. And two, you're right, the development happening out there is very exciting. You can see, um, you know, all the apartments getting filled up, the busyness is just continuing to increase out in that area A lot of, town. of new
1: houses, a lot of new apartments, yep. a, a dollar store, which yeah. I heard that their sales are very good oh, out I'm there. Sure. Yeah. And then south of that, they have been, for the last few months, putting in roads to the south of the high school, mm-hmm. and they have some room there for commercial development there. And I think they've got one retailer for sure, for sure, yep. um, and then they've got extra room. So if, so if another retailer would like to come, they have some space there that they can put a store just kind of right there close to the interstate and to Westo. So good visibility and, you know, doing roads back to the west. It's just hard to think of Lincoln growing that much and that fast out there but things are really happening exactly and if you don't have a reason to
2: go out that way you kind of forget about that part of town a little bit and all the development happening out there but it's it's booming and that's really great for the airport and our industrial park and our tenants and I definitely will think that you'll see more food establishments maybe going out that way too with the high school oh, good. and some of those commercial developments I think they could definitely they, use they some, mo- some
1: dining choices we could definitely use some more from,
2: some more dining choices out that way
1: you've had a lot of growth with the airport, and some of your tenants in the airport, some of the companies out there, big, construction projects, big growth. You want to recap what some of that has been and will continue to be in 2023? Yeah,
2: so 2022 into 2023 has been a really big year for the Lincoln Airport. Um, A lot of people don't know this, but we kind of oversee about 5,000 acres out at the Lincoln Airport area, and so large, large industrial park, one of the biggest in the Midwest, a lot of non-aeronautical revenue for us, which is super important, and clearly we do pay attention to how our tenants are doing, and one thing that happened during the pandemic, Pandemic was you know maybe aviation was down um, but our industrial park really helped us stay afloat and so our industrial park was booming during the pandemic and they were asking for more space and any empty spaces we did have out there were quickly getting gobbled up and now we're now seeing some companies really interested in actually building out there Which oh, we have a lot of we have a lot of land a lot of space out there um, a lot of farm ground you know we rent to local farmers and things like that for um, hay and and they you know they, they have corn and other um, crops out there. But you're right. The the growth out there we're, we're seeing is huge. Um, Duncan Aviation, very important tenant to us. They just announced a huge building um, that they broke ground on. So you're going to see uh, Duncan continue to grow. And I think that was an extra 60 to 80 jobs. Um, commute Air, um, there are maintenance that was a base. a big
1: one. Yeah.
2: Great getting them here. Um Super imperative to us um, expanding air service, which we're able to add Houston, and that's done really well. Um, we were around that 75, 76 percent load factor the last few months, so we really want people to continue to use that. But that wouldn't have happened if we were not able to get that maintenance base here. And they are looking at um, investing in Lincoln, so super excited about that. And I think weekly we're getting inquiries on, um, you know, not only building hangars but also aeronautical use, non aeronautical use. Um, so we continue to think. That that our industrial park is going to be a huge asset for Lincoln and and its growth.
1: It's really amazing because for so many years, there was always a lot of vacant space at the airport. And we Mm -hmm. realtors always knew that, well, if you can't find it, they might have something. And, haven't, you guys haven't had anything for the longest no, time. No, it was like
2: at one point, point I could double check with our director of ops, but I think we were like 95%, you know, oh, occupied, which yeah. is great. There might be a few buildings out there, but they would need some. I mean, if you're, if you want something. They were buildings you know, that
1: needed love. <laughs> yeah, they need some
2: love, probably some, there's a few that could probably use some new roofs, especially, you know, after this last year or so, um, but they're, the tenants we do have are growing, and I think the. Link Lincoln Airport the industrial park is positioned in a gray area because you have the rail access you have the interstate and then you have obviously aviation so if you're one of those built one of those companies that needs transportation to survive that that's the spot to do it
1: well that's all we have time for on grow Lincoln but thanks a lot Rachel thanks for having me thanks a lot to all of you send your announcement about your business opening closing or relocating to us via Facebook or Twitter